You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ogi Ogui, the lead pastor of Circle Church International. He envisions all men living Christ-centered lives. Be blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. All right, good evening. Welcome to evening service. How are you? How was your Wednesday? Are you rested? Are you okay? Is everything all right? Um, I'd like you to just get prepared for the teaching today. What I'm about to teach you this evening is what I may consider to be the greatest secret of my life as a pastor. And if there is any form of success that you have seen in my life and you admire, what I'm about to teach you today might, might just be the secret to that success. What I'm about to teach you is very important. Now, during the course of this month, we have been going through a teaching series that we've titled Lessons on Divine Leading. All right, Lessons on Divine Leading. And um, um, I've taught you about um, the participation of God in divine leading. The next Sunday, I taught you about moral leadings, how the Holy Spirit in the life of one of the primary definitions of the work of sanctification that the Holy Spirit does, one of the synonyms used in Scripture is that you are led by the Spirit. Do you get what I'm saying? You are led by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then the third one, the third service we had was the voice of strangers. Identifying the voice of strangers. There are many voices out there. And I told you on Sunday, your voice, your flesh has a voice. Your stomach has a voice. Your, your, you have the voice of loved ones. All right, you have the voice of loved ones. And uh, we talked extensively about the voice of strangers, all right? And then today, this is sort of like the fourth teaching in that installment. And it is, um, or it's a continuation of the voice of strangers. So we talked about um, um, two different voices. We talked about the voice of the flesh. We talked about the voice of false prophets, all right, and then the third voice I wanted to talk about on Sunday was the voice of fear. The voice of fear. There will always be the voice of fear when God's leading comes. I'll say that again. There will always be the voice of fear when God's leading comes. And so, if as a Christian, you are going to grow. If as a Christian you are going to grow or you are going to follow God's leading, you must learn how to tackle the voice of fear. You must learn how to tackle the voice of fear. It is, it is Papa Hagen said that faith will walk with doubt. Um, um, faith will walk um, in your heart with doubt in your head. Do you understand? Faith will walk in your hearts with doubt in your head. Which means that many times, this is why following the leading of God is scary. God doesn't give us assignments on his own level. He gives us God-sized visions. If you, if you look at my mobile phone, my wallpaper says God-sized visions. God gives us God-sized 
sized visions. Visions that are his own visions. God doesn't give us our visions. And visions will grow, you know, to match your mental capacity and your mental level. Visions will grow to match your mental capacity. Let me give you an example. Four years ago, when you were setting, um, when you were setting savings goals for yourself, financial targets, some of you said, by the end of the year, I want to make sure that I have saved a hundred thousand naira. Why? Because then a hundred thousand naira seemed to be the extent to which your mind could um, accept that it was the biggest to you. It was. I mean, you've heard about a million before, you've heard about a billion before, but a million just seemed out of your reach. Do you understand? I mean, maybe your monthly income was somewhere in the region of 20, 25,000 naira, and that was all you had. And so saving 100,000 naira was a lot. But then as years grew by, you got a bigger job. Now you are earning 200. And so you are saying to yourself, I want to save up a million before the year is over. I want to make sure I have 1 million naira in savings. Soon you'll be earning 500, 600. And so you would say, let me try and do 10 million by the end of the year. Let me try and see if I can hit 10 million naira in savings by the end of the year. Why? Vision will always grow to match mental capacity. But what if your mental capacity is the creator of the universe? I mean, it was from your mind that the universe was birthed. It means that whatever visions you have will be at the level of, at a universal level. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God's visions are universal. And when that universal mindset is superimposed on a local mindset, what you have is that the local mindset will be overwhelmed. And so many times when you hear the leading of God, it is scary. So God says to Abraham, get up, go into a country that I will show you. Where is that? Do you know how ridiculous that sounds? That Abraham woke up, I can just imagine I wake up one morning and I just pack my things and I say to my lovely wife, I'm coming. And then she says, where are you going to? I say, out. She says, out to where? I say, well, uh, God said I should go to somewhere that he would show me. So I'm just going to go out. Now, I know a lot of women that if they hear that, they will suspect their husbands of cheating. They will say, ah, the man is desperate. He's definitely cheating on me. Right? God told this guy, get up, get out. The voice of fear is one voice you must anticipate and tackle before it comes. Because if you are committed to God's leading, hear me? If you are committed to God's leading, the voice of fear will always be around you. The voice of doubt will always be around you. It doesn't matter if you woke up as the son of God and you were sure that you were the son of God. When it is time to go to the cross in the getting of Gethsemane, you will say, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass over me. You are only human. You are only human. And many visions, many of God's leadings have gone to die on the altar of fear. Many of God's leadings have gone to die on the altar of fear. Many people are so scared. When God says do something, they are so afraid. 
You know, in a country where everybody is so quick to run out of the country. Some of you, God said to you, you are going to Ghana next year. And then you thought to yourself, I don't know anybody in Ghana. I don't have a friend. I don't even have, I don't even have a friend in Ghana. You know, somebody that I would have called and said, I'm coming to Ghana. Could you put me through? I don't have any of those. And so you become afraid. You start to think to yourself that am I sure I can do this? Hear me and hear me well. This night's service will put you through. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This night's service will put you through. There are three things that combat fear. You find them in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Paul was speaking to Timothy. He says that he should put to remembrance the things that God, the gifts that have been given to him by the laying on of hands. And then Paul said to him, the next verse says, For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but he says, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And I just want to take time to talk about those three things. Power, love, and of a sound mind. I want to start from love. The Bible does say that perfect love casts out fear. Listen. One of the many reasons why people are always afraid when God's instructions come is because they haven't yet come to terms with his love. With the full extent of his love. Listen, if you knew beyond every reasonable doubt that the plans that God has for you are plans plans of good and not of evil, to give you a future and an expected end, if you knew that beyond every reasonable doubt, you won't be afraid. Because let me tell you something. If you had a friend who was wealthy beyond measure, but was a very good friend to you, when they ask you to take risks, you will gladly take those risks because you know that their wealth is a backup system for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, let me paint a picture that, will, that, that might make more sense to you. Imagine you were using an Android phone, not a high-class Android phone. As my wife is laughing because she knows my beef that I have with Android phones. But imagine you are using an Android phone, not a high-class Android phone. Let's say you are using a techno, but not a high-class techno. Maybe those low-end technos. You know techno make those kinds of products. They make high-class products and then they make low-end products. So you are using a techno phone. And um, a friend of yours walked in. You were using a phone that was 25,000 naira. And your friend walked in and he said, let's conduct an experiment with phones. But now your friend walked in with three boxes, new boxes of iPhone 13s. And he kept them by the side. And he said, in case the phones fail, let's do something. Let's plug your phone to this and try all we can do with the phone. At first, when he says, let's plug your phone, the first question will be, what if the phone spoils? He now points to the iPhone 13 and says, in case it fails. In case it spoils, would you be hesitant in taking a risk with the Android phone? In fact, some people will give the Android phone, praying desperately to God that it spoils. That God, let this thing not work. Let it spoil so that I'll collect the iPhone 13. Why? A, A good understanding of the willingness and ability of your friend to perform. Are you getting what I'm saying? Listen, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of love. If you come to terms with God's love for you, I'm telling you there's nothing you can't do. 
God might pick you up and take you and tell you, go here. And you know that this is a very risky venture, but there is one thing that I am more sure of. God loves me. And perfect love casts out fear. It does. Do you understand this? So, the first mindset to the tackling of the voice of fear is an understanding of God's love for you. I wanted to say all of this on Sunday, but I, I, I realized that this is too much to insert into a sermon. So let me make it a whole sermon on its own. The first thing you need to understand is God's love for you. The next one is like the first. God's power towards you. I Listen. When I started out in ministry, God asked me to do ministry. This was long before I started in church. This was, for those of you that don't know, I officially got a call from God in my secondary school days in SS3. I was in SS3, I was in church, and I heard the audible voice of God. I'm not talking about, I heard a voice behind me. And it was a strange thing because we were, for those of you that know me, I attended Living Faith Church growing up, um, or for, for the most part of my, for the most part of my, you know, adolescent years. I was a, I was a, I was a winner. And so we were in a winner's service this day, and praise and worship was going on. Now, for those of you that know, you know praise and worship in winner's churches are usually very rowdy. I mean, you dance. It's high praise. They call it high praise because it's noisy, and, you know, the volumes are really high, and everybody's really excited, and there's energy in the air. And in those moments, it's even difficult to hear what the next person is saying to you. But in the middle of all of that high praise, I, I don't think I've ever shared this story before. This was how God called me into ministry. In the middle of all that high praise, I heard God's voice clearly. I mean, it was as if someone turned down the volume in the room. And then I was hearing just one person's voice just behind my ear here. And he said a couple of things to me, things that I wrote down in my journal. My journal from, this was 2009. Oh, 2010, 2009. Yes, this was 2009. That was when I wrote this down. That was when God called me into ministry. And after he called me into ministry, I was in secondary school then, but I was mature enough to know that following God is not cheap. And I would always say that um, many people who are quick to run into ministry are one of three things. It's either they're extremely bold, extremely naive, or they have ulterior motives. If you are extremely bold, hallelujah, thank God for you. If you are extremely naive, you entered ministry thinking that it was a path to glam. You know, glamour, fame. That's what a lot of people think. So they enter ministry. I've seen boys like that. Smutting, you're organizing meetings everywhere. And you're doing ministry. And I'm just laughing because I know you will burn out. <laughs> or you have ulterior motives. So you, you go into ministry for the sole purpose of making money, which means that everything you are doing is geared towards making money. But if you are realistic, you will ask God questions. You say, how will I be taken care of? And for the longest time, I was afraid to say that I, I was going to start a church. But I always knew I was going to start a church. 
And in 2017, when it was time to start the church, I had gone to Abuja for my service here. And then I was back from Abuja. And then I was in Lagos, end of 2017. Actually, I was in Abuja. And then the Lord told me, you're starting church next year. And I didn't say it to anyone. I don't think I even said it to my wife at first. Then we were still dating. And then the Lord told me, he repeated it again and again and again. And then a lot of people started asking. And so we were, we were doing this worship meeting that we used to do once every year. And at that meeting, the person, um, Olokide Okpeyemi, who is my best friend, one of my best friends, he, he told me, has God said anything to you about starting church? Because God is talking to me about starting a church. Like, uh, uh, we're starting a church. And I was like... Uh, yes, he has. And then we put out an announcement. We're starting something. And even then, it, it did not dawn on me that I'm starting this thing. And God specifically gave me instructions. He told me, quit your job. Start, start church. But I didn't listen. Because I was like, how will I take care of myself? I had all these ideas. I want to get married before the age of 26. I want to have children by the time I'm 30. I should be done with childbearing. I want to do this and do that and do this. And God is telling me to quit my job. How am I going to feed? How am I going to put food on the table? And I'm talking to somebody who God has called into ministry. You have these questions. How am I going to put food on my table? How am I going to... My wife, if you've met my wife, you know she's a queen. How am I going to take care of this person? How am I going to, you know... And God told me, quit the job. And, I'm, and then I, I started ministry, but I was working. And then one day my boss came into my office and he said, Pastor, you are working two jobs. <laughs> he, he said this to me. He said, you are working two jobs. We're going to let you go. You know? And so they let me go slash I resigned. You know, one of those. Two, that was the entire arrangement. And then I was there thinking to myself, I need to find a job. I need to find a job. And one day it hit me. All the while that I was working, the salary they were paying me was not even enough to transport me to the office and back. And then I still was paying. Then I was paying um, the salaries in church from my salary, which was not enough to transport me to church and back. I was paying church rent. Salaries, the salaries in church then were just 50K. And then I was paying church rent of about 50K. And then my salary then was 50K. <laughs> right? So where was I getting the money from? And it occurred to me, God is powerful enough to make sure that I am provided for in the line of his leading. His power towards me is able to keep me where he has sent me. Are you getting? See, whatever God has asked you to do, his power towards you is able to keep you in that area he has called you. So don't be afraid. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What I'm saying to you now is the secret of my life. It, it hits me that all this while you have been paying salaries, you have been paying rent, where have you been getting the money from? Wherever that money has been coming from, that's where you are meant to be. And I realized that the money was actually coming from the Lord. Why am I saying all of that? Three things. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but he has given you the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And 
if you will combat fear, you must awaken yourself to the knowledge of his love and his power towards you. Does this make any sense to you? You must awaken yourself to the knowledge of God's love and power towards you. The third one, which is where I want to dwell today, is a sound mind. Another way to put it is wisdom. One of the ingredients to combat fear, sir, is wisdom. And I want to talk about three aspects of wisdom. The first is proper preparation. Proper preparation. Do you know that one great catalyst of fear is lack of preparation? A lot of people that think they are afraid are just not prepared. And I can prove it to you. If I called Bethel, for example, is, is right here with us. If I called Bethel and I said, Bethel, come forward. I want you to talk to me about um, the effects of sodium bicarbonate on, um, let me see, the effects of sodium bicarbonate on um, the um, water gas preparation method. She's just going to be looking at me like, um, what did you say? Why? First and foremost, she doesn't even know what sodium bicarbonate is. And even if she knows, she doesn't... What's water gas preparation method? But if I called and I said, Bethel, come out. I want you to recite 1 to 10 for us. I want to believe that she can. (laughs) And so, she would come out, hold the microphone, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Do it with swag. Drop mic and go. Why? Proper preparation prevents poor performance. And so, many times, you are afraid because you are not prepared. Listen, I wish you will write this down. Many times you are afraid because you are not prepared. There are subjects that if I call you from sleep to talk about, you will finish work. Like, you don't have to prepare. You just, because you have prepared so much that you can talk about it when you are sleeping. You are not, you are not shy. The issue is not that you are shy. The issue is that you don't think you are prepared enough. And so, if you will combat the voice of fear, you must be given to adequate preparation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you will combat the voice of fear, you must be given to adequate preparation. You must prepare well. You can't just, you can't just wing it. You must prepare well. I remember when I was about to start church, I read, okay, in the year 26, 2015, 
in preparation for ministry, I read 300 books. In one year, I read 300 books. It was a goal. I actually read more than 300 books. Um, but when I got to 300, I stopped counting because my goal for the year was 300. And I passed, I surpassed that goal around August. By August, I was done with it. And so I just moved on. I read 300 books in preparation for ministry. Do you understand? There is no part of our ministry today or no ministry endeavor that our ministry embarks on that I do not first study up on. I'm telling you. So a lot of people meet me and I know a lot of things and they're like, how do you know all these things? Preparation. There is no ministry endeavor that I haven't studied up on yet. If God tells me today, Son, I want you to stand up and go and open a church in the United States. I'm going to study everything about opening a church in the United States. And I will study all the churches that are doing well in the United States and try to find out why they are doing well. Because you need to understand that there is no form of success that is accidental. Nobody climbs a mountain by accident. You don't sleepwalk up a mountain. Do you get it? Nobody claims failure is automatic. Success is not. Nobody climbs a mountain by accident. So that voice of fear in your head many times is indicative that you haven't prepared. And you must. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You must. You must. You must. Before this year started... I did a teaching last year on wisdom preparation for the new year. Listen, if you haven't listened to those teachings, I want you to go back. I have listened to them, especially wisdom preparation for the new year. All right. If you haven't listened to those teachings, I want you to go back and listen to them. They are on the Google Drive. They are on podcasts. Go and listen to them. Prepare properly hallelujah hallelujah study if God tells you to open up a business study don't be a businessman that does not understand economic parameters study hard some of you you made your first one million and then God told you take that one million put it in cryptocurrency He won't tell you the crypto to put it inside. It's your responsibility to now go and study. Say which cryptocurrencies are doing well. Which coins are selling well. Okay, how can I learn to trade this thing? Do you understand? One of the most primary, one of the most or the biggest lessons I learned from the story of Noah is that God told him to build an ark. God told him the dimensions of the ark. God told him the wood to use for the ark. But God did not give him carpentry lessons. See, this this part, you need to learn it. God told him to build an ark. God God gave him dimensions for the ark. Told him the type of wood to use for the ark. But God did not give him carpentry lessons or shipbuilding lessons. He had to learn that one by himself. 
God did not teach him how to wield a hammer. He had to learn it by himself. I hope you know that. He had to figure out how to carve the wood. Because he built the ark with hard wood. The type of wood that water does not easily destroy. One of the beautiful things about hard wood is that it is hard. But it's also one of the most frustrating things about it. Because it's difficult to work with. You need a different type of nail for hard wood. Do you understand? He had to figure all those things out by himself. He had to learn the skill. Many times the issue is that there is a skill that needs to go with your call. A lot of people go with the call and abandon the skill. Am I talking to you? A lot of people run with the call and abandon the skill behind. God thought, listen, listen, listen. God called Paul into ministry, but Paul still had to study. There are so many examples about this. So one of the reasons you are afraid is that you are not well prepared. You are not well prepared. What is missing, what is lacking is preparation. What is missing, what is lacking is preparation. And so, you received a lot of prophecies during the camp meeting. And thank God for that. But have you started preparing yourself? Are you ready for all that God has for you? Because this is the funny thing. It's preparation is the vehicle that drives you through the doors of opportunities that will open before you. I'll say that again for someone that did not hear me. Preparation is the vehicle that drives you through the doors of opportunities that God will open for you. No matter how much you cry for a job, if you are not prepared for a job, the opportunities will come and go and you will miss all of them. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, preparation is key. The second part to a sound mind that you must come to is learning who, who, the who of your call is going to affect every other thing about the call. A lot of us are quick to identify the what, the when, the where but not the who. Who am I supposed to speak to? There is a science behind bravery. I'm teaching you the science behind bravery. Because the thin line behind between bravery and stupidity is wisdom. Oh, Lord. The thin line between bravery and foolishness is wisdom. The who is important. There are some people that should never hear your vision. Not because they are bad people, but they are just not your audience. And that's where a lot of people mess it up. You know the kind of parents you have? God gave you visions, and the first thing you did was run to go and tell them. And immediately you told them they poured water on the amplified the voice of fear. Maybe when God told you the vision, you were excited. There was no fear. 
Then you went and listened to them. And when they spoke, you internalized the... So, the who is important. There are some things that you cannot convince your parents about until you can bring results. Are you hearing me? I know that God asked you to start a business. But you are in your father's house. You are not a responsible person normally. And yet you want to ask them for a grant to start the business? How do you expect them to give it to you? I think this is an important thing that we need to talk about for the new year. Some of you, you don't know it, but the way you already live your life, you are already asking your parents to second guess every important decision you make. So when you bring a woman to the house, or you bring a man to the house, and you say, this is who I want to get married to. You say, this is who I want to get married to. Question. Do you think your parents will trust your decision when every other decision you've made up until then has been irresponsible? This is the sound sound mind part. Sound mind. There are things you ought to do. God has called you into ministry. He called you into full-time ministry. And, you know, the thing about full-time ministry is that if the minister is not careful, he will be idle. And so, you are in your father's house. Every day you wake up. Every day you wake up, you eat their food, you sleep. You wake up, you eat their food. Every time they enter your room, you are playing game. Every time they enter your room, you are watching one sermon after the other. Every time they enter your room, you are on the phone talking to somebody. Month in, month out, you have no contribution, zero footprints in the house. You are, they will despise your ministry. But if you can wake up and say, okay... Um, I'm going, you know, when I was, when I was in, when I was, when I quit my job, I was still in my father's house. But just so that um, I avoid all the insults and so that I avoid all the controversies that surround full-time ministers, I would wake up in the morning, I would have my bath, I would carry my laptop, carry my bag, leave my father's house like I was going to work and go somewhere and work. What was I working on? Church-related stuff. But I would go, I would leave there. There was, there was um, a hall very close to where I used to live then that was vacant, you know, during the week. On Sundays it was used as a church, but during the week it was vacant and I could sit in. So I would wake up, I would have my bath, I would dress up like I'm going to work, leave the house, carry my bag, carry everything, go there, sit down and get some work done. Do you understand? Why? Because wisdom is profitable to direct. Another thing is, that helped me develop a work-minded culture towards ministry. What a lot of ministers don't have.
Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise the Lord. So the voice of fear can easily be silenced. There is a science behind bravery. There is a science behind bravery. Many of the bold moves that our ministry has taken up until today, you know, a lot of people don't know how much of a big deal it is that our ministry does what she does at the level of... <laughs> to, a lot of to a lot of observers, is normal. Until you know what it takes that a ministry that is run by a young person and it is filled with predominantly students, non-working people, and entrants into the working class, can do, can, for instance, host a camp meeting and do a live worship recording. Ha. It's a big deal. I'm telling you now. It's a big deal. So when God said, do a camp meeting. Ha. How now? But now there is a wisdom aspect to it. Okay. So while we are going to do things excellently, we are not going to go above and beyond. And you of a young man. God asked him to start a ministry in the name of excellence. This young man, you don't have 30 people who come to church on a Sunday morning. You don't. Your attendance is 10 people, at most. 10. When church is full, 12. And you went to rent, he went to rent a facility where he would be paying 70,000 naira per use. 70,000 naira per use. (sighs) When I was told, I wondered to myself, why are people foolish? So, you are paying 70,000 naira per use. For four Sundays, that's 280,000 naira. For five Sundays, 350,000 naira. You don't have 10 people who are committed. And those 10 people are coppers, students. Who is going to pay for the ministry? We are faith. We believe in faith. We believe strongly in faith. We believe that God provides. Honestly, our ministry is a proof that God provides. All right? God provides. God blesses people and people bless the ministry. But at the same time, who is going to pay for your 70000 naira per Sunday? Do you know that even if you told all your 10 members to bring 7000 naira every week, they can't. They're coppers. How much is copper allowance now? 33000 Right? 33,000 naira. So they should drop 28,000 of the 33 for you every month. What kind of a pastor are you? Now, but pastor is excellence. We must be excellent. Wisdom is profitable to direct. You can use a smaller space that allows you to charge or that charges you less. And still be excellent. Because excellence is not using the most expensive things. Excellence is doing the most with the little you have. 
Praise God. Listen, let me tell you something. This thing I'm telling you is one reason why a lot of people are afraid to walk with God. Because one of the tricky things about working with God is that God is able to show you the end result of working with him. And so, you are a pastor, God called you into ministry, and when he called you into ministry, he showed you all these crowds that will be coming for your meetings. Oh my, oh my. He showed you crowds that would be attending your meetings. And so, when God showed you all of these things, you thought to yourself, this is wonderful. And so, your first Sunday meeting, instead of you to cut your coat according to your cloth, what did you do? You went to rent out the podium. You gathered money and rented the podium. That's it, 2,500 people, 2,000 people, you rented that space. And so, now you have rented the space, Sunday has come, and only 100 people came. The place looks empty. After that, a lot of people are now skeptical the next time God asks them to do something. Because they're like, but God, you showed me the crowds. And then God is like, I showed my son the cross, but he did not choose to die on the first day he was born. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Praise the Lord. Another thing you need to learn is to let go of the past. Past failures are anchors. See, they can either be anchors or lesson boards. You will choose. I tried this in the past. It did not work. should not be an excuse. You shouldn't move forward with God's instructions. Do you get it? Don't let it be an anchor. Let it be a springboard. Don't let it weigh you down. Let it propel you forward. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is so important. I wish, I wish all of us could learn this. If I were to start ministry newly again, oh boy, I would have been bolder. Some people think I'm bold now. Some people think I'm brave now, but boy, oh boy, I will be braver. You know, we had an executive meeting um, on Sunday and we did projections. We, we looked at how much we had spent this year. And I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to have an annual general meeting in church um, this coming Sunday. Listen, don't miss Sunday service. We've put together a lineup that you shouldn't miss. All right, we have an annual general meeting. We have a carol service. And then I know I said I wasn't going to teach, but I'm going to teach one of the best Christmas messages you are going to ever hear. All right, so don't miss it. All right, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. And we did projections. And when I was looking at the projections, I told myself and I said it to everyone that everything we have spent this year, we're going to spend in the first half of next year. And I trust God to do it for us. <laughs> All we spent, and, and it's not small money. It's not, it's not five million naira that we spent too. All we spent this year, I trust God to do it for us. We will spend it in the first half of next year. Where will the resources come from? I don't know. But I'm prepared. I know what God's power can do for us as a ministry. 
I know what God's power can do for us. God can give one of you all of that money to give to church. You better prepare for it. God can give one of you all of that money to give to church. So prepare your hearts. What would you do? I I asked a question on Sunday. Would your life be any different if you discovered now what God's plan for your life is? If the answer to that question is no, it's one of two things. It's either you are already working in God's plan for your life or you are running away and hiding in comfort. Listen, when you are following God, there is no such thing as a comfort zone. Everywhere is comfortable to God. And you are following God on his own terms. Do you understand? So that place that is uncomfortable for you is comfortable for him. We are doing it in his own comfort zone, not yours. So I I am determined that whatever God says I should do, I will do. Let that be, listen, let that be your story in 2022. That it's a year of consecration for you. Such that wherever God says to go, you will go. Whatever he says to do, you will do. With whomever he says you should do it, you will do it. Do you get it? Because that's how to combat the voice of fear. Power, love, and of a sound mind. Have you learned something this evening? Have you learned something this evening? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you because we have grown. Lord, help us to combat the voice of fear. Give us the wisdom. Give us the knowledge of your love and the assurance in your power to fight it. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening. For more, head over to circlechurchglobal.org or visit any of the church campus addresses on the website. God bless you.